You're listening to Heart and Hustle Podcast, where we boss so hard. I'm Angelica Yard. And I'm Charisma Moran. Join us every week to discuss entrepreneurship, creativity, business, balance, and life. Take control of your business and your life, and never forget to dream big, work hard, repeat. Hello. Hello, everyone. So this week we are tackling a really important topic, which is being a woman of color in business. And for whatever reason, it's just kind of been one of the hardest ones for us to prepare for so far. I'm not sure if it's just because it's personal or because there haven't been many people talking about it that we know of, or, you know, we just... Everyone has a different experience, so it's very difficult to bottle it in in one category. Yeah, I think that it's it's very, very personal to talk about, and I think it's, I feel definitely like we're going to be putting ourselves out there this week, so... Every week, we're putting <laughs> ourselves out there. So, okay, so we're going to get right into it. Um, well, let's just stop for a second. It's Black History Month, so that's... It's my favorite Yeah, month. I say it's, it's like the I like, I'm going to say this about every month of the year yeah, that's, for different reasons. For different reasons. But this one is, like, particularly special, and yeah. you're working on a really awesome um, project that I'm super excited about. Yeah. I love so far, so tell us it's more been, about you're it. You're like, I love so far. It's been one day. I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> I love. Well, first of all, I love when... It, you, this is not your first, like, lettering no. project, and you did a really great one in October that I really loved. Um, especially because I'm such a Halloween fan and you yeah. shared like a lot of just favorite oh, childhood things that I've yeah. grown up with. But this is kind of the, it's the same in a different way. Um, number one, there's a lot more color to it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited That's to see that. That's the challenge. It's making sure that I play with colors and textures. So. Now, are you sticking to, because I know your first one was kind of um, more of like Valentine's Day colors and what you, yeah. you know, goes I don't know Are you yet. sticking to that? Or are you I don't know yet because I, I like literally yesterday imported all of my color palettes. So, um, ooh, it's about all to get <laughs> And there is fancy. like 70 of them. Um, so there's like over, and I have all my Pantone colors I usually work with because I usually don't work off color palettes and I love um, Color Lovers for a reason. It's like a site where you download color palettes basically and I just had 70 of them from like forever ago and I just imported them all and I was like ah color overload I don't know what to do I love black and white things so (laughs) and then playing with textures which I normally don't do with illustrations or lettering so this is like a very fun hey but it's letter me a love song it's 29 days of black love like all of the fun upbeat sad R&B songs by black musicians over the course of time can go as far back as time. Now, do you itself. have them all laid out, or are you going to kind of go with each day and say, like, this is kind of the lyric that I'm feeling for the day? I'm going by, like, this is what I'm feeling for the day. Okay. And last night I got really excited because I'm like, I like two songs for today. So <laughs> today I'm like, I looked up the lyrics for the different songs, and I figured out which one I'm going to pick, which is exciting. So as soon as I get home, I'm like, I'm going to work on it right now. Well, saying if you need to be inspired, Spotify has a really awesome Well, playlist. yeah, and I've been listening to Spotify, <laughs> yeah. like, getting up to it. Because I knew I was going to do this. I wrote this down in November that I was awesome. going to do this. So I've been planning it for a while. I just needed to nail down how I'm feeling and what I'm into. So I'm really excited. I might, my, the goal is to get black artists of different nationalities. And through yeah. the 29 days getting, you know, like, black Jamaicans, black Haitians, black... Black Brits, like Black Australians, just different types mm-hmm. of people, just not just U.S. artists. So awesome! We'll see how it goes. I'm excited, and you also have a project happening right now. Yes, um, it's live. So yeah, it is live. Well, the first images that I took were actually from a few months ago, and um, I actually an artist that I know 
I just kind of called her up and I was like, I really need to pour paint on you and take pictures. And she's, you know, she's, she's a, an artist over at SCAD. She's going to school okay. right now. And so she was just very, very open to the idea. And I told her, I was like, I don't really fully understand why I need to do it, but I just need to do it. She was and like, it's Wednesday. She was like, it's okay. okay. That's fine. <laughs> so we went out to a field and, you know, she let me pour paint on her and, you know, I took pictures and captured it. And, um... You know, so, like, later on I decided, I was like, I just kind of want this to be, like, a positive celebration of all the various tones of black skin, because there are so many different tones, and being, I guess, what you would call light-skinned, I have experienced a lot of different, both negative and positive things um, about, you know, my skin, so I just kind of wanted to look at just a whole bunch of different types of skin and and celebrate all of them, and um, I really just love you know, how beautiful and vibrant black skin looks against yeah. these sharp colors. Um, it's it's amazing. So I'm actually photographing somebody this afternoon. Um, like, this, basically this entire week I have different yeah. people. And, and a thing that was important to me is that each person that I'm photographing just basically is a perfect example of black excellence. Like, d- different people from various fields, but, you know, people that are doing awesome and interesting things and really helping, um, you know just move black people along with, with various movements and just being involved in the community and really just being all like awesome people. So I'm really excited about that and I'm sharing it on my blog and Facebook and Twitter and all the different places. So So if you're you're interested in either one of our projects, you can definitely check those out. And I know that we're going to be showcasing um, other people's projects throughout the month. So um, we asked on Twitter if you could, you know, share those projects with us and let us know, and we, we can't wait to highlight them throughout yeah, the month. I already have, like, quite a few that yeah. my friends are doing, and I'm really excited about it. And I did want to mention, um, Richie Pope did the Google Doodle for MLK Day, and then for the first day of Black History Month, he did the Frederick Douglass one. And so I'm, I'm really just in really love beautiful. with his work. Yeah. yeah. He has a Tumblr, which is just, like, uh, richiepope.tumblr. And um, so check that out because his work is really, really amazing. So I'm, I'm, I don't know if he's going to do more this month, but I'm really excited and I hope that yeah, he does. I really hope that, like, they do different. They showcase different Yeah, I loved the first one, and um, I just love Frederick Douglass. He's, he's my favorite. And his <laughs> hair Doug- just looks fantastic. I was like, his hair. <laughs> Frederick Douggles was, like, the hair original, goals. like, hair goals. His beard was just, oh. Yes. And I bet you he was a honey. Yeah. Fabulous. Love it. Okay. So getting into our topic, um, obviously being a woman, I think in business can be challenging and being black in business can be challenging. So when you're pairing those two things together and you're being a black woman, but not just being black, I think any, you know, any person of color, any woman of color is going to find some challenges in business, whether it's owning a business or just being in a business atmosphere where you go to work and and you're in that atmosphere every day, there's definitely a lot of challenges that are associated with that. And I think that um, one of the biggest ones that we're still hearing about in 2016 very often is hair. (laughs) Yeah. All about the hair. I think it's very interesting because we're in a wave of the, you know, the natural hair movement. And that's, I mean, that's been going on for a couple of years, but I think us going back to our roots and saying we no longer want to identify with the European standards of beauty. We do not mm-hmm. need to process our hair with these dangerous chemicals yes. to look a certain way. And if you do, that's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with having relaxed hair. I had relaxed hair for my like entire life. Yeah. And right now I'm just transitioning out of it. But I think, you know, now that we're 
defining the status quo. And I think back, I was actually thinking, because I've been transitioning for like eight months now, going into the ninth month, and I thought about in the 80s when I was growing up, You in the ni- 80s and 90s, television, all of the women had mostly relaxed hair. Like, yes. You think about Felicia Rashad had relaxed mm-hmm. hair and just the different mother figures, like the, you know, Hillary's of... Um, yes, Hillary like, had... I, I can't even think hair. of really anyone yeah. that... But I mean, it it wasn't... And I mean, like, I've always technically, quote-unquote, had natural hair, but because I can kind of change the way that my hair appears, I would layer my hair down with, like, tons of, like, products and stuff so that it'd be more calm because that's how people... I felt how people liked it, and I was concerned with that sort of thing. But now I'm just kind of, like, I let it be wild and I let it be more natural. And, I mean, like, my hair is weird in that, like, right now, like, because I've showered just recently, (laughs) it's pretty calm, but in, like... Two hours, <laughs> it's gonna be completely yeah, different. Very foggy and outside. it's funny, even the pictures that we took for you know the website, it was raining that day, so my hair looks a lot more just flatter than it <laughs> normally is because um, my hair is just kind of just big. Right. Um, but I, I do think that even when we would look back in TV in the eighties and nineties, like if women did have curly hair, it still didn't yeah, it like was it was very big. like yeah, it's not like gigantic 4C yeah. hair. Yeah. That wasn't a thing that happened. You didn't see women with 4C hair. I'm trying, I'm like rocking gross. my brain right now and I know obviously there's, there's I at mean, least there one probably, woman but yeah. I can't think of it one. Was, she wasn't the like main character <laughs> yeah. of a show. You know what I mean? And I, I will say that like sometimes when women had different types of hairstyles, like I'm thinking of like living single right. and was it Maxine? She had braids. Like, yeah. And so she's like the quirky side person. Like she's yeah. not the main person right. you know what I mean so that kind of yeah I think braids were like acceptable uh, Moesha Brandy definitely she had braids yeah put in the box braids and then you know you had Janet Jackson with her box braids in the 90s but having big hair just still like I yeah. think about like just unless you were talking about a movie about slavery yeah then I saw a lot of forcey hair but um it was before it was like you know the acceptable mm-hmm. hair types of being you know the long kind of stretched out curls, not the tight, coily curls. And I think people, I've never had discrimination on my hair because it's been straight the whole time, basically. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it looked like everyone else's hair, but I, I'm open to, and I know I probably will face discrimination when I'm wearing my hair out. Right now I'm just doing, it's still, it doesn't look super crazy. And I finally just found out what my hair type is, which took like nine months to figure it out. So it's not as tightly coiled as I thought it would be. It's very similar to my daughter's hair, which was surprising. Cause I, I've never known what my natural hair looked like. Yeah. Because it's been relaxed since I was seven years old. So her hair is like a 4A and mine is as well. It's very similar. And so I was like, oh, good to know. Good to know. But I still, I think people come up to her and they say, oh, her hair is so nice. Or somebody says, you know, she has the good hair. This was a, a white lady I this. I at this a so <laughs> conference that we were in last year. She just came up to me and she was like, you know, she has the good hair. You know, it's easy to manipulate and it's not going to be, you know, it's really pretty. It's not like the other hair. And I'm like, what Like, what do you mean? First of all, you're white. You don't know what good hair is. First of all, good yeah. hair is just hair that's on your yeah, head. Exactly. <laughs> do you have hair? Great. It's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It was just so weird. But that stereotype is, mm-hmm. you know, I hear it mostly from people of color. So it's just interesting that a white woman came up to me and said, my daughter has good hair. Like, she knows what that, you know, quote-unquote means. And I just hate when people say that. My mom does it all the time. It's, it's a totally different story. <laughs> like, well, say, I definitely have dealt with it um, growing up in schools that were more white than yeah. anything else um, and having very, very curly hair. 
Uh, it definitely was mentioned right. often throughout my life. But I think it's so funny um, because your hair is the same. It's not the same, you know what I mean? But it's very, like, white girls have the same hair type that you do and I cur- with curly hair. And I've seen, like, the I mean, white girls that I grew up with, and I've seen girls who hair is way bigger than curlier than yours. And it was beautiful. Like, they were like, your hair is so nice. But it's just, well, that's because... And it goes and cut back to you yeah, being a black person. I mean, it has nothing to do with exactly, your hair. Exactly. It's like just that's, because you were black. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> well, and I mean, like, my hair, you know, can... Like, I had an afro when I was a child. Yeah. Like, my mom cut all my hair off um, when I was, like, four. Because she would try to, like, comb through it. I, I basically, like, would go swimming all the time. Right. And would not want anyone to touch it and that sort of thing. So I'd get these huge knots and she would go to, like, comb through it and it would be, like, a mess. And so one day she was like, I'm going to do a pretty hairstyle. And she cut all my hair off. So now I have <laughs> trust issues. But I had a fro, like, when I was, I you know, probably, like, four, five, and six. Right. And I used to wear, like, big pink frilly dresses all day. And, like, older white women would come up to me and be like, you're such a handsome boy. And I'm like, what is life? Like, what is, like, all the time? Yeah. So I've always had, like, hair issues from, like, an early age. But um, from, like, a work standpoint, I've been lucky enough that since I was um, about 21, 22, I've been self-employed. Right. <laughs> we are, like, not good examples because we were well, self-employed Well, what I was going to say, like, young. I do, I, I did work, um, not in, you know, an office setting, but I've worked at jobs before that, like, because I started working at 16, and, um, you know, like, Disney, Universal, places yeah. like that, at the time, you weren't allowed to have cornrows. Yeah. Which I wore a lot in high school, because just Florida summers, just like, makes it... You can in the military. Yeah, like. I was going to say, like, you couldn't have cornrows, um... You couldn't have your hair be big. Like yeah. it was, the it did, Disney like, look is very like it was just yeah. Um, like both Disney and Universal like. was basically just like if your hair is big, put it in a ponytail. Yeah. Um, if your hair is anything but just like straight. flat, straight, then put it in it. Like there was just no. It needs to be in a bun at all. Yeah, times. and and pretty much any sort of style, like protective style, was just a no. Yeah, like it was just an absolute no. So it was it was definitely difficult, and I I think that there are still those stereotypes. I mean, there's women that are still coming out and saying like I don't even say still. It's almost like finally because I feel like women feel silenced, like women of color feel silenced, like they can't speak up about exactly. these sort of things. So there's definitely a lot of women that are coming out and saying like this sort of discrimination is happening in my workplace. I'm being told not to wear this, not to wear that, or just not to like wear my hair the way that it grows out of my head. That's... Literally not even a particular style, but just the like the way leaving it, it the way that it normally ridiculous. looks. Yeah. Um, that sort of thing is still happening all the time now, which is ridiculous. And I think that even when you own your own business, unfortunately there's those times where you work with other people or you're working on some sort of group project or whatever, and people will unfortunately judge you by your hair right. and be like, oh, well, I don't think that that's a professional style, so I'm either not going to work with this person or that well, sort of thing. I don't want to work with you, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's fantastic being in a business where I know that if these issues come up, I have the, I don't want to work with you. You're Absolutely. You're not the type of person that I don't want your money anyway. I don't want to collaborate with you. I don't want to be in the same room with you. I don't even want to see you. I don't want to hear from you have the best of luck on your own journeys, but you shouldn't be around women of color. I think it's just hard for women who are in the corporate um, environment. I was in a corporate environment, and again, like I said, I had straight hair, but I don't, I 
when I was working and I would see women of color who did have curly hair and now they did get discriminated against or they were, you know, people say, oh, your hair, you know, the touching, like, let me oh touch your God, hair. Oh my God, I get my hair what touched does it feel so like? often. My it's daughter, ridiculous. like, the hands towards the head and sometimes I just want to take a fly swatter and just smack, like, why would you put your dirty hands in a yeah. child's head? First of all, you don't know kids have lice. Not that she would ever have lice, but that would be my... I've never touched a kid's hair just because lice is a rampant thing when it comes to kids. Why would you put your dirty hands Okay, and this, like, hair? I was told by one of the people... Again, I went to a school that had more white kids. It was, like, 75% yeah. white. Um, and I was told that I could never get lice. <laughs> 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 Like, that was one of I the will say, many things that I was told. I've never had lice. I mean, I've never had it. I've never had it either, I know it's but a stupid thing it's to just, say. like, it's from a racial thing. standpoint, I'm like, I'm yeah. half white and half black. I'd, How would anyone know? Like, yeah. like that? I just, oh, the life so problematic. Because I'm like, I could have been hanging out with, like, you know, little white kids with lice and just being like, it's cool, I'm immune. Like, that's, no, that's not. Yeah. I definitely oh. think there were some stereotypes type things that I heard growing up because I went to predominantly white schools as well and I would be like who told you and I'd be the one to school them I'd be like who told you that like your parents are wrong <laughs> I don't know what black people they know or if they just read this in a white magazine or like white power weekly I don't know but that is incorrect so well and I think that that's the thing is like it starts in school and these well, people, yeah, well, it starts at home. Well, yes, but it's, I mean, like, as far as, like, the discrimination, yeah. it starts in school, like, from, you know, yeah, us from experiencing a, yeah, it, and totally. it, because we, you know, and it's not our job to explain to these people how to act, but because they don't learn how to act, it continues on in the workplace. They yeah. still have those same bias, those same prejudices, those same, Stupid I'm either going to tell you your hair is beautiful and exotic and just run my hands through it without permission, or I'm going to tell you that it's not acceptable right. and that you need to do something more, quote unquote, conservative. Um, and those ideas that start in you know, elementary school, unfortunately, carry through to the boardroom today. And I, I, I don't even know what needs to be done to change it, but I'm just like, I'm so over it. I'm like, if somebody wants to wear their hair a certain way, yeah. like, it's they need to just do it. It's 2016. Like, I we don't. have bigger issues. There's climate problems. Like, we, we have, like, right. other issues that we need to be handling. Like, nobody needs to be concerned about our hair. No, I totally think it, hair is just... I mean, like, I, that makes me think about, like, Muslim women who cover their hair and how they get discriminated against in the corporate office as well. Yeah, And I'm just like... You know, nuns cover their hair and they don't get discriminated against. It's just specifically because you don't like someone because of their racial bias, like their beliefs. And I don't know. That's a whole different story. I just don't think hair is important in 2016. It's not an expression of a person. It's just like tattoos. Like, you know, years ago, they were comparing having tattoos to being a Nazi and supporting Hitler. And there's like advertisements about it. And now we don't think that at all. Like I'm sure one day we'll have a president that had a tattoo or has had a tattoo. So it's just, I wouldn't be surprised if Barack Obama has a secret tattoo. He probably does. Probably has like a black power fist tattoo. (laughs) That would be so amazing. Or like a marijuana. Like what if on his last (laughs) day, he's just like, on his last day, like he just like flashes like a little black power tattoo that'd be that'd be so great um so right now black women lead all groups in college enrollment which is really awesome and something that's just not even talked about in the media um you really have to search for that information if you want to hear it i don't really understand i mean i do understand because 
That's how mainstream media is. Yep. But they really don't want people to know that. Um, but it is the, the reality of the situation. It's funny because I feel like counselors in schools are often, like, treating black girls like, oh, you know, like, it's really important that you go to college because, you know, are you the first person in your family to go? And <laughs> things like that. And I'm like, we're, we're actually leading yeah. in college right now, so you need to take a seat. But at the same, in the same breath, um, we hold just 1.9% of board seats in the Fortune 500 um, compared to higher percentages for pretty much everyone else. Yeah, and I just actually Um, looked up to add on is that there's only one black woman CEO that's a Fortune 500 in the top 15 um, black CEOs, and it's Ursula Burns, who is the CEO of Xerox. Awesome. So just one. But just one. But just one. Yeah. (laughs) Just one. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's crazy because there's, I mean, there are a lot of women that are in business. Right. Um, and obviously there's a lot of women going to college. Um, but I do, I, I still think that there's so many issues and biases that are kind of against women and pe- women of color and people of color that are kind of making it difficult to crack you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a white man's club. It's just like the Academy. <laughs> like it's a white man's club at the end of the day. And, and it's hard to kind of break in. Yeah. I definitely think just, there's nothing being taught about having confidence as a black woman to enter the boardroom. Number one, um, there definitely needs, I think now there are certain, um, conferences that are happening for women in general, where they're trying to reach women of different, um, you know, race and different, sexual orientation to go in and talk about how you can be better at the training to go to the higher, you know, one to 5% of the company. I think everyone sort of stays entry level when they get there. You're either entry level or you're like low level management. But when you go up to like C level executive status, that's very hard to get to. And we're not trying to train black women either. There's no mentors. Like if they are no black women that are at the top, there's no black CEOs. And why would a white guy, you know, mentor a black woman randomly. You're just going to be like, oh, I'm going to mentor you to be like me. That's not going to happen. So you definitely need people in those positions to start mentoring the people who are below them. Let's say it's very difficult sometimes to walk into a place where, you know, you're the only person that looks like you, that can't, you don't have anyone in the room you can right. relate to, and no one is trying to right. be accepting to you to walk into said room. And it takes... A lot to walk into those rooms, and obviously we have women that are doing it, but it's 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 challenging. Yeah. It's I difficult. I think we are usually the only black people when we go to things. My husband and I, oh, and we're, yeah. like, we're usually like, oh, okay, we've you know we hit the quota, I guess today, or you know, and we do get discriminated against when we go out, especially me. I think people do respect him being a man versus talking to me about the same business that we've both been in for the same amount of time, doing the exact same things. People literally turn their heads and talk to him as if I'm just, like, a shadow on the wall. Well, and the funny thing is, like, as far as your leadership skills, you guys are so different. And I think that you are more vocal and assertive, and you come out, like, being very strong, like, from the get-go. Whereas (laughs) David is, like, can be very soft-spoken. Yeah. And I feel like that is probably part of why people are like, oh, she's here she is, like, being strong, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be automatically intimidated. Yeah. yeah. Or they're just like, I don't know what she's talking She doesn't know what she's talking about. She's just here because, you know, they're cute or whatever. Like, you're, like, the cute little side piece or whatever that's here to just, you know, meet the quota. You just want to get your, you know, minority status and whatever the case is. I don't know what it is, but I just, I know there's been people... 
who aren't accepting. But surprisingly, there's a lot of people in our community who are accepting, which is really great, which is the reason why I really like Orlando's tech scene is that it's so full of minorities. It's so full of women of color. And there's so many programs that are happening right now to try to help women in general. And we need to get women of color in these positions. And so when I do see a young black woman attend a meetup or something that I'm at, I'm trying to encourage her, like, please come back. What are you doing? What are you working on? How can I help you, you know, stay positive and stay uplifted? Because it can be challenging if you're in, you know, a company where you have all white male, like, co-workers and you're getting you up on, like, promotions and things like that. Like, you just, you're staying at one level and you're seeing your peers who start at the same time as you continue to rise or continue to be offered positions that pay way more than you. I think the pay gap needs to be, like, looked at between women of color in tech versus white men in tech because I'm sure it's a big difference I'm sure it is and I don't don't think people are being open and honest about it yeah I completely agree um so 26% of women of color feel like their contributions are going unrecognized um compared to 17% of white women um why do you think that is I definitely think it's because it's being unrecognized by the global media as like, yeah, like we just talked about how so many, like more black women are enrolled in college than any other Nobody sort of group and it. no one is even right. mentioned. Like you you won't hear that unless yeah. you go searching for that information. I think I sometimes get disappointed because people feel like because their contribu- contributions are being unrecognized, they no longer want to contribute to like anything. And I think we as black women have to create the media. We have to create yes. things that are supporting and uplifting other women of color in business. I, tr- I go out of my way, like I literally do go out of my way to find women of color who are creatives to post on my blog, to talk about, to tweet about, because it's important that they have a voice that people know about them. Absolutely. That's my job. Like, I feel like that's everyone's job. As a woman of color, you should be supporting and uplifting other women of color. If you don't, that's great, but don't complain when you create something and then nobody's supporting it. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, I don't think... Tra- traditional media anymore really it doesn't matter to me well, like, I don't want to be on and also, to, like, the it's, Today Show <laughs> it's frustrating because I think that you see things like you know um hashtag black girl magic and movements yeah. like that that really try to celebrate um just just being a black right. woman not even necessarily like a black woman in business or anything but when we try to embrace you know ourselves and you know just love ourselves there's always such backlash right and it's it's i feel like it's very discouraging when you when like somebody wrote an article that's basically like uh black girls are not magical like they're not unicorns and they don't do actual magic and it's like are you serious right now like is this is this how you're gonna spend your day yeah is this really how you're gonna spend your time i'm sorry that you <laughs> feel like we're not unicorns we <laughs> because are we are <laughs> and i think the lady the girl who runs studio Muchi is a magic she's Ex- a magical she unicorn is she is literal a magical unicorn. she is the most adorable really girl i've is. ever seen with her yarn braids yeah. she is literally magic and you cannot tell she's absolutely she is a rainbow (laughs) like that's a lie but yeah i mean i i feel like so when you see movements like that that are just kind of about embracing black womanhood when you see movements like that you know getting met with backlash then it becomes even more difficult to say black girl magic has been around it has for a long time it it wasn't until amandla put it into teen vogue or they asked her to do you know 
her editorial that it became, that it became a like problem. Like it blew up and became. Well, yeah. then it became a problem because it wasn't a problem before. Because other people, it wasn't mainstream. So yeah. people didn't know about it. So it's just right. like a safe space. Well, or you to, just chose to ignore. I think people knew about it. Because if you're on the internet and if you're on Tumblr and you know one black person, you've seen it or but you know about it. But a lot of people it. don't know one black person. <laughs> well, and it's, you <laughs> or like choose real, not to know really black know one black person. So it's a you know problem I mean? when it yeah. became visible to your eyes and your yeah, media exactly. and then all of a sudden it's like black people are trying to take over the world or black girls think they're made of cupcakes and yeah I am made of cupcakes you got a problem with it like what are you gonna do about it if you feel like you're made of cupcakes that's great I'm not gonna come and say you're not made of cupcakes today like it's ridiculous yeah. I like that they just wrote an article about like how black girls are not ma- like yeah it's like a full ma- on we are not like, study <laughs> about like how we're not actually magical and I'm like man like I just I don't uh, know I think I think a society that survives 400 years of slavery is still like, can survive. Like, that's pretty honestly, magical to me. We, I think we are pretty magical yeah. because I think that we, you know, we have the odds stacked against us. Exactly. And I think that we do pretty fucking awesome. I think if you if look I at... Say, black women from being stereotypes, the Miami stereotype, and being someone like an Aunt Jemima to today we're Beyonce. Exactly. If that's not magical, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I feel like just like, if anybody has a question of like, are black girls magic, I just will like, show them a picture of Oprah and then leave. Like, I'll be like, that's my point. Like, I don't even need to elaborate beyond that. I'm just saying, like, Blue Ivy was created from glitter and like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like glitter and like sparkles and good weaves. So. so kind of like the opposite of black girl magic is uh, the angry black woman stereotype. And I think that kind of going into this particular episode and kind of like when I was jotting down like what do I want to talk about and my nerves was just kind of coming up with nothing. I think the reason why is uh, the angry black woman stereotype because I think that so often we're kind of just pushed to this sense of, well, if I do express myself, if I do bring up anything, if I raise my hand in the board meeting and if I have a problem with the way something is going, then they're just going to assume that I am an angry black woman. And I have experienced it in such odd and crazy ways. I think it's funny that somebody thinks that you're an angry black woman. Well, as I say, like, being... you're the softest, most, But, like, like, here's the thing is, like, being, like, half black and white, I have had white people, like, when I get upset, I have had white people be like, oh no, the black side is coming out. Ha ha ha. Um, I'm sorry, what did you say to me? So the black side like, is just angry all the time? Like, well, yeah. And like, it's just a dude? Are you the like, Hulk? So basically, <laughs> like, when I'm a nice, like, person, like, all the time, I guess, apparently, I, I am, cons- like, I would be yeah. considered white to them until I get angry, and then all of a sudden, that's when I am You're black. You're black, and I don't want to deal with you. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? And it's funny, because... Like a few, a few people over time have said this to me, but one was actually someone who used to be a, a good friend, and I don't really talk to this person anymore because that comment yeah. and other comments are being made, and they can't seem to wrap their head around why I don't really feel like yeah. I need them in my life or why that's <laughs> offensive. Exactly, that's and funny. just like, are you kidding me? I think about women of color, and I think about also like you know, like Latina women who get the you're the fiery, fiery, yeah, fiery Latina. Yeah, fiery Latina. You know, you talk a lot or whatever, and I think about how Asian women are told to be, like, docile and, like, you know, subordinate and just being like, hey, you're going to do whatever I say do. And I think about all those stereotypes of how 
ridiculous they are. They really are. Absolutely ridiculous. And if you want to call me an angry black woman, then I would rather be an angry black woman than a woman that doesn't speak her mind. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that it's, you know, I think that that's where we see a lot of um, issues. It's because of that stereotype. And I think that, you know, women end up being afraid to speak up because they don't they, want to be yeah, put into that box. Yeah, they don't want to box. be put into stereotypes. But I think we just have to move past it. Because I think if we're afraid to rise... Mm-hmm. Because those stereotypes are going to be thrown at us. The higher you go, the more visual, visible you are, the more people are going to say slanderous things about and you. And that's that's exactly why that stereotype was created, because they're trying to keep, right. you know, I just think about, you down, like, like, the angry black woman stereotype to me is so funny, because women, black women were brought here to be, you know, the homemakers and, you know, to create... You know, to carry white men's babies, you know, or things like that, you know, to be raped and to be... So when did we become angry? Like, we became angry because we stopped, like, letting you rape us or stopped letting you put us in the kitchen or I don't... Yeah. I don't understand. It's so ridiculous. It's hilarious. Yeah, and on average, I would say that just looking around at media and stuff... It seems like white men are more angry than everybody else. They're always <laughs> so red and angry. Like, have you gone to Reddit? Are you on there? It's angry. Like, you guys are always mad. I think they just... But no, like, you know, obviously there's people that are angry and not angry in every single race and every single gender and every single sexuality. I mean, you can't categorize a group of people into one broad thing. And I know I'm lucky enough to know... Plenty of black women, right. not just the one that I see in a small part on a television show totally. or in a movie, and some of them are angry and some of them are not. Right. And some of them are angry sometimes and not other times because they're humans and that's generally how it works. Emotions. Exactly. That's and I'm like, I happen to be a woman of color when I'm angry and when I'm not angry. Yeah. Like, all the Crazy. time. Crazy <laughs> how that could work. I think it's just funny because when I think about Oscar so, Oscar so White and right now how we're like boycotting the Oscars because it's all white right now, but how people are saying, you know, black people are so angry or... The reason why, like, Stacey Dashing, those obscene things, and I just, I like how it's okay, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith is painted as being angry because... Which she, by the way, if you, you have to watch the video if you haven't. She is very calm throughout it. But she's she does angry, not, She does not at one like point say person, anything even negative. Or she's just I, following she her just, husband, you know, and she doesn't support black movements, and which is ridiculous. It is. The most ridiculous things I've ever seen. But Stacey Dash, to me, who sounded actually angry in her video, nobody said anything about her being, like, an angry black woman. That is very true. She sounded really aggressive or really combative. I know. She was so angry that BET exists. And it's like, girl, you get your paychecks from BET. And I love how BET clapped back to her and they tweeted at her. And they're like, uh, so can we get our money back then? Yeah, do you remember when you were this? Or do you remember when you were in Kanye's video? She was on the game. Like, and yeah, and in Kanye's video. I mean, come on. And, like, just stop. Just stop. I just, uh, I can't do But, yeah, Jada did a really awesome job in her video, I thought. And, and she yeah. spoke about how, at a certain point, you have to stop basically begging to be included. Right. And you have, like, it, it, yeah. you know, but you have to say, like, I'm going to rise above from this. certain, you know, like, white actresses were just, like, women are completely being ignored. And I'm like, do women of color not exist? Do black women not exist? Do, like, Asian women not exist? Like... So white women are having an issue, but the other women of all the other races, they're not having an issue. Like, it just completely ignores the topic of women of color being in existence or creating things that mainstream media do like. Like, who doesn't like Shonda Rhimes? Like, her Thursdays is all about Shonda. Like, that's her life. 
said, like, I, everybody's tuning in to ABC. They have the highest ratings on Thursdays, which yep. is ridiculous. Like, you and I say, even, And I know a lot of white men who tune in every Thursday and absolutely all of can't. Them. I say they cannot miss <laughs> all their Thursdays either. Like, you just, uh, it's so ridiculous. I don't, I just, I, I'm at a point in my life right now where I think it's ridiculous. I'm sure I will be, you know, as my daughter gets older and, It'll be interesting to see how media has evolved by then, or maybe, you know, more black people are on mainstream television, or maybe she just doesn't see it. Because I think about right now, she's, like, the only little black girl in her class. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, she's the only one. Like, how will that feel in a couple of years for her? I remember I was the only black girl in my class, and it didn't really bother me until somebody said something ignorant, and then I'd be like, okay, well, whatever, but... Let's say I, I moved for... um for high school and I went to like a much more diverse high school so it's definitely a different experience for me where kind of my hair was more embraced and my name was more embraced and my <laughs> body type and just literally everything about You're me like, my name like I was just like oh so I'm not like completely weird and odd and I was right. no longer the black girl or the mixed girl you know yeah. what I mean like I was just could just be myself and I had that freedom to just be myself which was really fantastic and again like in creating my own business, like, I've, I've had that freedom, but there's, like you said, there's definitely still those times where anytime I go to a meetup or anything like that, like, and I don't need to have a black person in the room to feel comfortable, I mean, half of my family is white, I obviously feel very comfortable around them and love them, exactly. and I'm around them all the time, so that's not a problem for me, but it's like, I do want to see more black women out there, Yeah, I think know, people, the in problem my is, field. people say, like, you think you being pro-black is anti-white, and that's not the case at all. Yeah, absolutely. That's ridiculous. I mean, like, there's definitely something to be, like, I have a lot of friends, female, you know, entrepreneur friends who are in, you know, similar fields to, to mine, and, you know, I talk to them about a lot of things, and it's great, but there are certain things that I can't talk to Right. You know, I can't talk to them about, but I can talk to you about, Right. you know, certain things that will happen. And I'm not saying that I can't talk to them about it. I can, but they might not get it the yeah. same way that you do. And sometimes you just don't want to go through the process of explaining, explaining why like why it's, why way. it hurts or something. Yeah. Like yeah. if someone would make a comment about my hair or, or my skin or my butt or whatever, <laughs> and I wouldn't want to have to explain well, when I was four, and, like, explain my whole history of, like, you just already yeah, know. Like, like you I, just I already know. I've been there, done that. Yeah. yeah. Biggest butt in the room. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody doesn't like my butt. It's the biggest butt in the photographer's oh, room. <laughs> man. My butt is often the biggest butt in the yeah, room. It happens. What are you going to do? Um, I love it, <laughs> by the way. Like, I... Butts I, are in right now. I, well, and as I say, like, thank goodness for, um, you know, pretty much all the bootylicious people that came out when I was in middle school, and I was like, yes! Thank you, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Like, well, Beyonce was out yeah. with the, those hips, too, around yeah. that time, and that's when my hips popped in middle school, and everyone was like, wow, you have really big hips, and I'm like, so does Beyonce. I was like, well, it's even funnier <laughs> about, like, hips and big butts is that low-rise jeans were very popular. And in no way, shape, or form are low-rise jeans attractive on anyone that has those body parts, but yet you had, like, Beyonce and J-Lo wearing them, and you're like, how did they, like, how did that even happen? How did they stay up? But they yeah. look so good, like, it looks in like, them. I just think about, uh, what was it, her, Beyonce's cover, one of her singles, where she's wearing, like, those low-rise jeans and, like, the midriff top. And then, and like, the like, little chain. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like, the chain, yeah. and she looks fine, and I'm like... 
Do they spray paint them off? I still don't get it. I don't get it. I know. Low-rise jeans are an abomination for all people, especially tall people who got big butts. And <laughs> I would say, I do want to add in, because um, there's like some different Instagram accounts I've been following and Twitter accounts I've been following that kind of like celebrate black women in business. And also, um, Girls Who Code is like a big yeah. thing right now. Girls Who Code. So, is, they're, um, we're opening Orlando chapter. Are and they? Going, yeah. I'm going down um, That's exciting. To, to look at it. Well, so, I want to go with you. So even though well, I don't code well. I need to meet well. with the people who are doing it because they're like, it, they just talked about how it's coming out, so I wanted to meet with them. I want to be much better with code because I am, it's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> See, <laughs> Melissa had to fix something on my site the other day and she's like, don't touch this yeah, anymore. <laughs> You're that person where we like, Put like the notations in code that's like don't touch like yes. all your because <laughs> I like to know what's going on in the back end and I like to be able to go in and and fix things you know just little things here and there by myself and I can't always do that sometimes I delete yeah. half of the things and we say this like Chris was saying this like right behind me on her bookshelf it's like an HTML book for dummies <laughs> like right oh, yeah, here yeah, yeah. it's a gigantic book and she's like I don't know what code is and I'm like you have a literal guide I'm like and well. <laughs> And I've been using WordPress, I guess, for, like, a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, I like to I like to be, you know, well-versed enough that I can change little exactly. things without having to, like, bother someone for every little <laughs> thing. But, um, you know, you have to stay on top of it because it's constantly changing. Yeah. And so staying on top of that with social media, with photography, with everything else in the world, sometimes that's the thing that kind of falls behind for me. And I kind of want to get more into it this year and so if they no start time. a chapter here i would totally be all over it yeah i, I love that idea keep you updated um but i do want to talk about kind of like you know on an upside um obviously there's so many awesome women in uh the business and creative fields that are just killing it and there's a certain point you get to where it doesn't matter if the media i mean there's so many that like the media isn't covering, right. but they're so like when you get to a point, the media can't help but cover yeah. you. Like they just have to right. bow down. Think about like Issa Rae and how she started doing awkward black girl yes. videos, and now she has like you know a contract with HBO to create. Uh huh. I'm but so for years, excited for her show. I'm reading years, her book now. She was doing things on YouTube and having amazing web series, and she's now just getting you know so exactly. It just takes time to either get that support, or you may never get it. Which to me is fine because I still want to talk to you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to like find these people who don't get that recognition because to me, I it's more I can connect with you more on a person to person level and I feel like I can expose you to an audience that would have never known about you. Yeah. So some people that have definitely broken down those barriers and made it hard to ignore them. We'll start with Oprah because she is the queen of all things. Mother Oprah. Yes, she is. <laughs> she's fantastic. I feel like um, Oprah's going to become a zodiac sign after she leaves us. <laughs> Can I be in it? <laughs> You're like the Oprah's. <laughs> oh, she's amazing. I absolutely love her. I've loved her since you know I was a little girl. Like I can't even remember like when I first heard about Oprah because she's always just been to me. She's you know, every woman. Yeah, I can remember. Wasn't like, I'm every woman one of her theme songs on, on the Oprah show? Like. Uh, it could. I be. feel like I remember. Shortly well, see, well, that I remember thing. like the like my first memories of Oprah were like my mom or my grandmother like watching her on TV, and I was never really into talk shows, but I would just like sit down and be like, 
Yes. I'm kind of interested in, <laughs> in what's about to happen here. So I've always loved her. She's really fantastic. She's worth uh, 2.7 billion right now. Yeah, that's fantastic. That, that's and not that horrible. Goes up every time she talks about eating food on Weight Watchers, <laughs> like she can just say, "I love bread," and people are like signing up for Weight right? Watchers. Right? They're yes, like, Oprah. they're like bread. I love bread. bread. I'll buy all the bread. What? <laughs> I mean, I love that she has like her favorite things list, and she can literally just tell people whatever yeah. to buy and and. David worked for, he helped develop a site for a product that was on Oprah's favorite things list, and I think that was the most stressful like, time of his life. Like probably also, day, like, the highlight as well, though. Uh, I don't know if it was it's the highlight. Like, I think it's he like aged six 50 degrees years. of separation. He basically knows Oprah now. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally that moment. Like, he literally designed the slide for them that said Oprah's favorite things, and the moment it went live, the site crashed. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> because that's millions amazing. of people were just like, "Oh, Bert's favorite," and she doesn't even have a show anymore. This was just from her Amazon list or whatever she posts on her website or from her magazine. Is just like, "Hey, yeah, is it Oprah's favorite thing?" And people are just like, "What? This is insane." We'll see. Like, she's really put in the time, put in the work, and she's built a business to where now she could do whatever she wants to do. Her brand people are going to support it. Her brand. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> like she it's a, is a televised serif. Oh, that's okay. She can do whatever she wants, and and not only is she kind of like goals for black women, she's goals for everyone. She's like no one else person. in the whole world is is an Oprah. Yeah. Like it's just not something that anybody else she's has been able a good friend. to pull off. She's a good person. She just lives in her compound with her garden. And I imagine she wears linen pants and gets <laughs> up every morning and has like. The birds make her cappuccino and her glass mug. She is like, definitely the magical. Sunshine. I'm like, how <laughs> she do you is know black black girls are magic and you don't know Oprah? Like, right? I will say I did not, I was not in love with Oprah when she had a talk show. I only fell in love with Oprah when she was done because I hated the Oprah show. I hated so much. I only really? loved when Tom Cruise jumped, jumped on, the on the couch. That was the best thing in my Here's life. my thing about so the Oprah crazy. show is like, I always feel like I would have trust, like if I was famous and I was being interviewed, I would trust her more than other people. Yeah, she definitely did a good job. I think some of like the more prolific interviews, like Tiger Woods interview that everybody talks about to this day, you know, those things are moments in pop history that will never go by because Oprah's so good at interviewing people. Mm-hmm. But I well, she her show also <laughs> launched. It, say, it launched like a ton of other careers as well. Right. Like we wouldn't have like you know Dr. Phil and all these other people. Yeah. She kind of launched all of. Guy. I mean, we Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz. Yeah. yeah, she kind of launched a lot of those other people's careers as well as tons Gale. of others. And Shed not me. to mention, like, her book club pretty much, like, launches all authors of the books. into People, a new yeah, level. Totally. Like, sure, at that point, they have a book deal and they're doing well. But it's like, once you're in on Oprah's her reading list, book, like, you're going to be yes. doing really well. about, like, oh, no, they didn't. It was in Oprah Magazine in 2000 and something. <laughs> and I remember that. And, like, they still talk about it on that site. Like, it's a gossip site. And they still talk about being in Oprah Magazine years ago. I think it's the funniest That's kind of, like, my life goals to be in Oprah Magazine yeah. for literally anything. Seriously. <laughs> like, I think about, like, I think it was the last issue of O Magazine where there was all this hand lettering. And I'm like, who did it? I did like, see that. Like, and it's funny because when I saw it? I thought of you. I literally was like, I wish I could have hand lettered in Oprah's Magazine. I would cut my hands off for that to have happened. <laughs> but like, afterwards, you can just have my yeah, hands. Have my hands. I've, Put I've them in your office. Done all I can do. I'm done. Um, so another amazing person, uh, Madam C.J. Walker, was America's first black female self-made millionaire. Yep. Uh, which is really amazing. She was the daughter of former slaves, and starting out, she just made a uh, dollar fifty a day in a barbershop. 
But then she basically tapped into our first topic, which was hair. Yeah. And she created a remedy that helped her hair regrow after she had uh, dealt with some, like, scalp, scalp yeah, issues. Yeah, I think she had alopecia, which she wouldn't have known then, Yeah, but I'm pretty Let's sure Let's say, and did. that's something that, you know, still to this day, if you go into any store if that sells... If you've ever seen a hot comb, <laughs> <laughs> and the black women know what I'm talking about, <laughs> it's this, the original hot comb were those steel things that yes. my, and my grandma had one and she would put it on the stove and it would heat up and you literally run Burn your hair scalp out. run it through your hair and that's the first time I straightened my hair was with the that yeah. heavy like cast iron hot comb and I remember just being like wow this is ridiculous yeah let's say, <laughs> but so there's thank so many you things. Madam CJ Walker for for that let's say there's so many things that um that you know, yeah, are I think hurting a lot of our hurt. hair, and yeah. then so now we see a lot like then and now we see still a lot of remedies for you know the scalp for making your hair grow faster, and just for for now, there's still so much we're learning and understanding about natural hair and how best to take right. care of it, and that there's so many different types of natural yeah. hair that what works for you might not Madam work for CJ me. Walker had to be really all about that chemistry life. Absolutely, <laughs> to create these formulas for things. I'm like, all I know how to do is like. Pour different oils together and exactly. hope that things work out. Yeah, like coconut like, <laughs> oil, um, leave-in conditioner, yeah, shea moisture. <laughs> Question mark. Let's see, and the fact that like I think it's hard even nowadays to come up with Something, natural remedies. Yeah. The fact that she came up with one back then is all the more it impressive. Tends. It's crazy, and I feel like not that it. I, I feel like different hair types weren't as much because black women generally were still there weren't as many mixed people as there are today and now we have different like ethnicities and our hair has evolved so much but I feel like back then you know most people had the same hair type yeah. <laughs> mostly so it wasn't like a big challenge but still for to, for her to come up with something is phenomenal and you know she I was, never thought about hair like through like black hair through the ages and yeah. now I really want to think about that. That's a whole nother black subject. Black hair but through that's, the ages. That's something we'll that I want to research. We'll see you in 2017 for our Black History Month project. <laughs> exactly. Ooh. Ooh. That's giving me thoughts. I know. Um, <laughs> My hair will be really, really great by then so. Your yeah. hair is great now I because know. like we said all hair is great. If it's, it's growing great. out of your head Well I mean like hair. it's not great because I don't care about it. <laughs> Just put it on <laughs> all the time. But I mean like I actually will care about it by then because my daughter she started walking yesterday so she's like Yay. she'll be self-sufficient. <laughs> <laughs> brain, like, you walk your self-sufficient being. <laughs> um, I also want to talk about Shonda Rhimes who uh, is the first black woman to create and executive produce a top 10 primetime TV series. Uh, she's responsible for Grey's Anatomy, Private Practice, Scandal, and my favorite, How to Get Away with Murder. How to Get Away with um, And she just recently God. wrote a book that's doing fantastic. John bought it for me for my birthday. And I know. I, like, I want to yes. read it so badly. Like, it sounds amazing. Well, I, I'll probably read it. This It's on my agenda for next week, so I'll let you borrow it after that. Um, but yeah, she's, she's just pretty much fantastic and she's one of the most like sought after writers right now in Hollywood. Um, she's just killing it, honestly. I feel like I think about how Chandra Wilson won her first Emmy and how much she talks about Chandra Rhimes changing her life and how much of a powerhouse Chandra Rhimes is and how much she works nonstop. And I feel like women often get you know, if you're not a woman that has a baby, you're trying to rhyme, it's like, I don't want kids. No, thank you. Yeah. And she so, talked to Oprah about that. Yeah, she's, she's like, like, I'm not interested. No, thank and you. she doesn't want to get married. Yeah. She's just like, I'm Shonda and I make tons of money and I make great things and this is my life. And I love her for that because mm-hmm. 
women are supposed to have babies and get married and do all these things. And even though I've done these things, I still hustle all the yeah. time. And people, I do get judged from moms, like, all the time. Well, let's say, like, there's hustler. definitely a lot of judgment in, in not having kids. Yeah. And, or not being a homemaker. And, like, yeah. I don't want to be a homemaker. I'm sorry. It's not interesting to me. If it's interesting to you, that's great. Go for it. Live your life. It's not interesting to me. I'm not discriminating against you. So why are you discriminating against me for wanting to say? I love that both her (laughs) and Oprah have kind of said we're going to do something different, and that includes not getting married and not having kids. I actually think everyone's Oprah's child. Oprah, (laughs) Oprah has been with Sedman for like ever, but she's still like, no, thank you. And Shonda Rhimes kind of said the same thing. She's like, you know, I would have a partner, but I'm just like, that's not for her. And I, I just love that. People are out there showing, like, there's a different way to do things if you want to. Exactly. You don't have to, but black women have options. We can do whatever we want exactly. to do, basically. We don't have to be whatever you tell us to be. We can be whatever we want to be. Yeah, I, I love that she's just really out there speaking that truth. And I love that she's creating, I mean, such amazing characters, yeah. um, you know, that aren't always, you know, they're not boxed in. I yeah. think that a lot of times when we see black women on TV, they're playing just such a small, like, right fraction of a personality whereas the characters like, that have she's you met creating Olivia Pope? She are has just so many personalities it's just yeah they're she's very dynamic hat, she's a black hat like she's crazy olivia <laughs> she is yeah she really is and i i just and and just people of color in general because i mean Grey's anatomy has a really diverse cast yeah, and totally. i feel like Grey's anatomy is and i feel like medical shows are really good about having diverse cast, which is probably why I watch every single one, <laughs> like, from ER, from when I was, like, a kid, up until Grey's Anatomy, which I still watch. I know it's terrible, but I still watch it. Um, and, you know, I just think about, like, I just binge watch Nurse Jackie, which is another, like, why was I watching Because I can't help it. And, you know, but the person who's the head over the emergency department was a woman of color in Nurse Jackie, so I feel like he, like, medical shows are so good about putting women of color, like, in high places or making them, you know, main characters, which is great. But Shonda's doing an amazing job with Grey's Anatomy. She really is. It's not as great as it used to be, and it's fine. It's That's so because How to Go With Murder is it's so amazing. It's taking the soul out of it. it like, and it's, it's just such a good show. Like, it. I absolutely love it. I just, I can't get enough of it. Oh, yeah. I also do really appreciate that she has, um... Number one, interracial relationships. And number two, relationships where um, it's a black woman and a white man. Because yeah. I think that we so often see, um, like, the opposite. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we oft- often see a white woman with a black man. Yeah. And that's kind of like, I don't know. Unfortunately, it's almost, like, fetishized and, like, right. more accepted. There's, like, the um, team of, like, snow bunny women who are, like, white women who are, like not so positive about like they're not they're not doing it right yeah um they're just not doing it right they're they're kind of negative about black women and they're like oh we're gonna take black men it's like nobody owns black men they're free to to be with whomever but be with that person because of that person not just because of their blackness um love their blackness but don't have that be the only reason that you're with them but i think that in the relationships that like she's created on Scandal yeah. and How to Get Away with Murder, um, she has white men who are, you know, with married to or dating powerful black women, and 
that's not like their blackness isn't like yeah. fetishized. It's not the or only even, part of right. the relationship. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't think Fitz ever talks to Olivia about being a black woman. Yeah, I don't think it's ever came up. Not that I care about the relationship. I think it should end if it's still going. I don't know. <laughs> but I only watch Scandal when it's done because I have to watch it's it. So all. back and forth, like <sighs> they're still very back and forth. But, I mean, I feel like they're never going to be over. <laughs> no, I kind of feel like they're end game. He's but obsessed with her, it's so weird. But he's not obsessed with her blackness. Exactly. Like he's that's not what he, why he's in love with her. Powerful woman who can do like whatever she wants. She's so crazy. I don't understand. <laughs> I feel like Olivia's so crazy. I love her and hate her all the time, which is why I'm still watching the scandal. Like I hate She's you. complex. I that's I mean, it, but that's people. That's I feel why like, I like her. Yeah. Yeah. People in general are complex, and I feel like Shonda has done a good job of creating a character that people can either relate to because of her complexity or not relate to. Like it's just. You enjoy watching Scandal for what it is, even if it can be, like, a campy hot mess sometimes. Love it. But that's Shonda. She always makes, like, like, how many people have died on Grey's Anatomy? Like, Meredith Grey has, like, her whole family has died. Her husband has died. Her mother has died. Her sister has died. Spoiler alert! (laughs) If you, like, like, these are spoilers if you haven't watched it. Everyone dies. It's called Mercy, like, Seattle Grey's Mercy Death Hospital for a reason. (laughs) So something that I would like you and I to work on this week, I think that it'd be really fun to create um, a blog post where we just kind of share and highlight um, some of the women of color who are doing awesome things in Already business and creative worlds. Yeah, and I, I think that <laughs> we'll just start, you know, a blog post sharing that so you guys can check yeah. that out this week. Um, but yeah, I, I just kind of want to highlight some of the people that we love because there's so many of them and I feel like if we talked about it, it'd, it'd take us an hour, like, like hours obsessed. and hours to get through. And I mean like women of color in general. Yes, I absolutely. support women of all yeah. ethnicities and just getting them a voice. Yeah, so we'll be sharing that this week. So definitely head by and check that out. Um, and definitely just... We're going to have a lot on the blog this month. We're really putting in work on the blog this month. So definitely be checking that out. And then tomorrow, actually, we're going to be periscoping um, probably around 4.30. Yeah. Um, So be sure to follow us on Periscope. Um, I'm at Charisma Moran, and Angelica is at Studio 404. Um, And if you're following us on Twitter, then it obviously makes it easier to find us on (laughs) Periscope. Exactly. (laughs) Um, As usual, you can reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram at Heart and Hustle Podcast and on Twitter at Heart and Hustle Pod. And for those blog posts that I was talking about, you can go to heartandhustlepodcast.com slash blog. So definitely be sure to go sign up, follow us, check right. us out. Sign up for the newsletter. Share, 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 share um, your projects with us this month. If you or anyone you know is working on any awesome Black History Month projects, um, does not have to be from women of color. It can be, you know, anybody who's creating them. Right. Um, please share those with us. We would love to see them and highlight them and all that awesomeness. Awesome. So we will see you guys next week. Exactly. Bye. Bye.